Hello, and welcome to episode 68 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the Nazi zombie, Alessandro Valsi. Say hello, Al. I've, I've had drinks. <laughs> it, it, it looks that way. <laughs> <laughs> On this week's episode, we analyze the official MCU timeline, consider title design, get a new Prime member benefit, correct a suggested Captain America replacement, and call on the new Once Upon a Deadpool trailer, all before diving into our flick of the week, Overlord. But first, Al, what are we drinking? <laughs> what are we drinking, or what was I drinking? Both. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for those of you who don't know, um, the night that we're recording this uh, is my birthday. Happy and... birthday. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, we had some cocktails, we had some wine with dinner, we had steak and cake. Um... It was a good night. It's a good nice, night. Nice. So what kind of cocktails are we rocking today? Um, so a couple of Manhattans for me, at least me nice. and my dad. Nice. Um, Dominic had like nice something Manhattan. with gin. It was a blackberry bramble. Him and his blackberries. <laughs> raspberry, raspberry bramble. One of those two. That boy Shambord, loves his blackberries. Chambord, which is raspberry, I guess. Chambord and uh, lemon juice and gin. Um, and then. Uh, there was a bunch of red wine, Cabernet Sauvignon with uh, some porterhouse steaks. I, you know what I basically recreated for my birthday dinner was our steak. <laughs> nice, <laughs> good man. <laughs> porterhouse steaks, roasted potatoes. Um, I put some cherry peppers with mine because you know That's our the only steak. Way to do it, really. Yeah, um, and then you know I, one of my other favorite things: Brussels sprouts with mm. bacon Ugh. and balsamic vinegar. Oh my God. Didn't they? They made that for Easter, didn't they? Oh. Yes, yes, that's oh. been a big thing for us for <laughs> it's a few years. Quite a treat. It's so good. <laughs> um, there's yeah, so. decadent, and then there's that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was porterhouse steak with gorgonzola butter on it, and yeah. those Brussels sprouts with bacon. That's decadent, along nice. with a a delightful Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, you know, it was a, it was a good fit for a king. I appreciate it. It was. And then a little cake, and uh, and now we're here. Now we're here. With a little... We're doing it live. So what are, what are we drinking tonight? We are drinking Cape May Brewing Company's Double India Pale Ale Anniversary Ale 7.0, an unadulterated hop bliss. I like that. It's one pint. It's 7.7% alcohol by volume. Uh, it's New Jersey Proud. The profile says... A blend of seven of our absolute favorite hops come together at a rate of seven pounds per barrel to create a beautiful hop nirvana, blasting you in the face with a tidal wave of tropical and citrusy aromas. Layered throughout this celebratory feast of sexy hops, our <laughs> anniversary ale 7.0 is dripping with notes of oh passion fruit, guava, and mangoes. Crafted on the Cape. What you can't see is the is the sway of Drunken Al as he reads. <laughs> as he reads I'll put a little. Let's put a little spice in that. A little pizzazz. If you couldn't tell by my uh, cadence, <laughs> I know how to spice up a little reading like that. If you guys haven't figured it out, <laughs> that's why my favorite segment to do on the show is reading. So, let's give this one a taste. But before we do that, let's cheers to the birthday boy. Happy birthday, Al. Those are all the things I like. <laughs> we Frank has done it again. <laughs> Frank. Yes, yeah, so this is from my neighbor. Oh, okay. Yeah, Frank knows what's up. Cheers, Frank. Yeah, this is um, this is tasty. This is an excellent double IPA. Um, 
this is the, this is kind of in the style you want. I don't know if it, you know, and I'm not saying that it's officially like a New England IPA, but this is no, it's it, that, but it's got that, yeah, that flavor, it's, that feel. it's of that genus of beer. I definitely, I'm definitely a fan of that. Good, Tasty, uh, it's a little juicy and citrusy. Yeah, there's a little, like a little bit more bitter than than a lot of these tend to be. I feel like they end up like that bitterness ends up getting cut by all the other flavors that's in there, but this actually has it, and I actually kind of like it. Yeah, well, because this is a double IPA, so mm-hmm. it's going to have that extra bitterness. Um, it's dripping with lush hops, as it says on the side here. <laughs> now, as far as can art goes, we picked this one because it, it looks like a birthday cake. Yes, uh, except instead of little flames on the candles, they're hops. Yes, which is, which is brilliant. It's, it's your birthday cake. That's exactly yes. what it would look like. It's beautiful. Best paired with. This is, we had one of these last week, didn't we? These pictograms? These little pictograms? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they're best paired with uh, birthday cake, party party blowers. Yeah. That's what I was going to call it. I'll take it. (laughs) One of those things that goes... (laughs) That's it. Party party blower sounds nice. And party hats. Uh, Party hat. (laughs) This is just a a party beer. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well done, uh, Kate Maybrew and Company. Now, I haven't had... um, I was going to say I haven't had much of their stuff, but I actually think this might be the first one that I've had from them. I've definitely never had any of their stuff. So, love a, love a good semi-local. It's very tasty. I would uh, I would drink the hell out of this IPA uh, in the future. <laughs> uh, this is going to be fun. Are you starting to get what I, what I meant when I said this is going to be wild? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a good time. Shall we dive right in? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this off. Real, real, real easy. This one, I think you're going to like this one. Okay. Came across a headline earlier today. It was, here's what Henry Cavill could look like as Captain America. And I said, whoa, whoa. The words you're looking for are Army Hammer. <laughs> yes. Let <laughs> and me that's stop it. you there. And let's cut right to the, 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 uh, the point of having uh, Army Hammer in there instead. Let's get Army Hammer as Captain America. That's that's really all I had for the story. We're not actually going to get into it because it's just one of those kind of fluff pieces of like, what if we were to recast him just because it's, you know, Chris Evans is probably done. Um, it doesn't really bear getting into, right? Like it's, no. okay, this is the thing that you guys are stupidly suggesting. Right. I just uh, wanted to correct the title. Let's make that <laughs> idea better. Although it's still probably not a good idea. Well, it's mm-hmm. definitely not a good idea to have Henry Cavill do it. No. It's a so-so idea to have Army Hammer do it. Right. But it's... Markedly better. <laughs> Markedly better. <laughs> still not I'm good. So, we're 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 really mean <laughs> towards him. I have I actually don't dislike him. <laughs> I know nothing of the man in real life. I he may be a wonderful human being, and in which case I will feel much worse about doing this. But I, somehow I doubt it. I, I don't know. Hashtag hammer capital. Am I besmirching his good name? You're just a monster. <laughs> uh, but on that note, I uh, the season finale of last week tonight was on the Sunday. I'm not sure if you watched that show. Uh, but no. they do they do some stupid stuff that is that are long running jokes. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they did was they bought five wax presidents a few seasons back, <laughs> and I think it was like an auction or something like that. And then this season, they they bought Russell Crowe's jockstrap. From Cinder- is it Cinderella Man? I think that's the movie he was. The, well, the boxing movie. movie yeah. yeah, they bought his jockstrap from that, and then right after they bought it, they then donated it 
to a blockbuster, the, the last blockbuster in, in Alaska. It, yeah, <laughs> and recently that one closed. And apparently, there's one more in Oregon. But yes, that sounds right. So that one closed, and they were moving all of the stuff. The, the way that this was set up, they were moving all of the stuff from one to the other, and the jock strap went missing. And then he stopped and he said, "Or did it?" And <laughs> they went into their finale, which was a heist movie to steal the jock strap. Starring the five wax presidents and Army Hammer. <laughs> and I was just, I was so happy. <laughs> it's, it's, if you get a chance to watch it, it's like 10 minutes and it's, it's just nonsense. I really suggest you look it up. But that show, it's very, very silly. And they don't, they, you know, they, they do some serious stuff, but they also, they know how to make fun of themselves. And it's, it's, it's so much fun to watch. So it's I really good that. equation for that sort of thing. So, the official MCU timeline. Oh yeah, they did. They just did like an official release, right? Correct. Have you taken a look at it? No. So let's uh, let's let's just run through this real quick. See if there's anything that stands out to you. Um, that sounds like a setup. I was. I'm. We're just going through it. I don't actually have something specific to talk about. I just thought it was interesting that this is out now. Aside from okay. like the one thing that they clarified, where there is a there's actually an issue. If if this is the official timeline, there is an issue in one of the title sequences of one of the movies, but it's not that big of a deal. Anyway, that that's been the one that they've announced since the beginning, um, or that's been noticed since the beginning when when Spider Man Homecoming came out, right? Correct, correct. Which they're just officially saying is wrong. So, nineteen forty three to nineteen forty five, Captain America: The First Avenger. Pretty straightforward. Kind of figured that one. 2010 Iron Man. Here's where it gets interesting. A lot of stuff happened in 2011. Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, and Thor all happened in the same year. Okay. 2012. It says The Avengers and then Iron Man 3. Okay. So the same time? I close guess. after each other? I guess. I, it, it just seems a little... It, that seems a little close, but... I mean, that was the gist of it, right? You, I don't think I've ever actually seen the big, like the first half hour of Iron Man 3. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know that I've watched it since it came out. I don't think I've ever seen the like very opening. But wasn't the whole thing that he was kind of like shell-shocked from... Avengers, like, wasn't it? I think it? so. I really don't. I really have to rewatch that one. That's one of the like that. Isn't that the whole thing? Why Thor... isn't that the whole reason that he spends like half the movie like without his suit and isolated and with a little kid? I don't. I think so. I don't really. I honestly don't remember that one. Clearly, wasn't that memorable to me. <laughs> like, I definitely have seen the whole second half of that movie. Sure. I'm quite certain I've never actually. No, I'm a hundred percent certain I've never watched the whole movie start to finish, which is weird. Because I've watched every single one of their movies at least once, start to finish. Mm. Yeah, I uh, I definitely saw the whole thing, but I don't. I've seen, I've definitely, definitely seen parts of the first half of it, but I don't think I've ever seen, like, actually seen the beginning of the movie, like the first half hour or so. Hmm. Right, we'll have to we'll have to rectify that. In so following that, in 2013, Thor: The Dark World, and then in 2014. Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I mean, those two movies did happen 
kind of right after each other. On account of the volume being in the title. I think that's yeah. fair. 2015, Avengers, Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. Okay. 2016, Civil War, Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. So, I guess it was right after Civil War. That home, I I, under, I knew I knew they were close, but I I didn't I didn't expect it to be the same year. But it doesn't really matter to me. Just, I mean, it makes sense considering the whole beginning of the movie is the montage of a video that he took while he was there, which is fantastic. Yes, <laughs> we talked about most that mostly just watching John Favreau run through it. <laughs> the walls are very thin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> highlight of the sequence. This is the only one that's listed as um, other than uh, what's it called, the first Avenger. 2016 through 2017, Doctor Strange. Yeah, one did take place over quite some time, I guess. 2017, Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok, Avengers, Infinity War. Okay. Missing from this list, Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's odd. Right? <laughs> seems, seems strange. I mean, it happens kind of right before and during Infinity War. But why wouldn't they put it there? Laziness? Forgetfulness? <laughs> oh, they were like, this really doesn't matter. <laughs> Which is fair. I think it's just, it probably literally fell through the cracks. Mm. Oh, right, there was another movie. That's, we have to keep track of all these movies? Are you kidding? This is ridiculous. Uh, and I already published. Yikes. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to push that one out. <laughs> Well, anyway, that's the timeline. Nothing really crazy special about that, other than I, what we were alluding to earlier. I think it's the opening sequence of, of Spider-Man Homecoming. It says that you do the whole eight years later deal, and yeah, that so does not line up. the timeline between the events of Avengers happening in the beginning of the movie. That doesn't add up. But, again, not really a big deal. Um, obviously, a thing that super nerds will be real pissed about, but it's yep. fine. It's fine. Shh, 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 shh. Just be shush. Just be. Shush. I heard. I heard there was some controversy about that, and, I, and we won't get into it for spoiler reasons. Uh, but I heard there's something like that where it's it doesn't matter except that it breaks the timeline considerably with Fantastic Beasts. From what I understand, there's some sort of cameo slash Easter egg that that heavily breaks the timeline of. The Harry Potter universe. Oh, interesting. We'll have to uh, we'll have to talk about that offline and then on our Fantastic Beasts episode, which will likely be next week or the following. <laughs> yeah, probably next week. I um, I'm supposed to go see it tomorrow, Excellent. but I saw something that didn't seem very spoiler heavy because I think it was like really a, an Easter egg. So gotcha. Yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll 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 clue you guys in on that on our Fantastic Beasts episode. Awesome. That's it. I just wanted to go over the Marvel timeline since it was official and it came out. I felt like it was supposed to be more important than it was, but it's it's kind of just whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, I know you said you had what like four or five uh, news and nuggets. I can think I got a uh, one, two. I think I got two other ones. Three. Well, other I ones? have I have like one and a half. So All right. I'll take the small one now before we jump yeah. back into yours. Let's do it. Um, you did got? you get to listen to the first episode of Villains? Yet? I did. I. I think I'm like 90% through it. Okay. But what did you think of like the style and the format and the content? I liked it. It, it reminded me a lot about us talking about people, so I was on board. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It was it was really good. Uh it was really funny 
one of the things Kim and I were both listening to it, and there's like a they talk about the first and last line in the movie, and yes. he's he's just kind of wrong. And I realized afterwards that oh, they put the clip in in post, so it doesn't actually register to him in the time that he's act- he's wrong about the words. And yeah. it's almost like he's so adamant about it, like he's saying it, he's saying it. They play the clip, and then he just says it again, and it just made me laugh. <laughs> if you want to know what I'm t- just go listen to the episode. It's actually very entertaining. Uh, yeah. The first episode of Villains is about Hannibal Lecter. Yes. And, uh, which, uh, I enjoyed if it. If you guys have been listening for a while, you guys know I'm a fan of the character and that universe. Um, although I don't actually think I've ever even seen all of that movie start to finish. Really? I've read the book. Huh. Um, and I've seen most of the movie. But I don't think I've ever actually watched that movie all the way through. It's it, It's a good... It's a... <sighs> It's a journey. I want to say it's a good movie. It is a good movie, but it's just like it's a it's a creepy skin crawly movie. Yeah, no, it's um well, it's as much as it's in a lot of ways a horror movie. It's really a psych thriller. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not a movie you watch for enjoyment or entertainment as much as you do to to be creeped the fuck out. <laughs> but it, uh, I think, and I think they alluded to it in the episode. It it won the big five, right? Um, picture, director, screenplay, oh, act, did it? actor, and actress. I I might have missed that, but that's that seems reasonable. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Everything going on in the movie is is incredible. But it was like when you look at it on the surface, it's not really the type of movie you would expect. No, to be that sort of movie. Um, which is kind of cool to see that thing. There's something that's a yeah. little bit more towards the mainstream. That's not like this is Oscar bait. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, for sure. That, that's that's totally fair. It's definitely that that whole movie is eerily captivating. Yes, it, um, it is riveting in the way that watching a dissection of a person might be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a it's one of those watch through your fingers because it's just it's just too much to bear. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was I just I was wanted to get your thoughts on the the first episode just because it wasn't. Uh, I didn't realize it was going to be kind of a roundtable thing. I thought it was just going to be Shea Serrano talking about the character. I didn't realize he was going to have like two other people on with him. Yeah, I think it, I I think that made it better. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't a, a sure. question of whether it would be better or worse. It's just it wasn't what I expected, and, yeah. and I thought it came out well. It was entertaining. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm actually uh, I'm really really looking forward to the Regina George episode. It's the next one, right? I don't know. Did they say Did they say that? I thought at the end they, they teased it. Oh, okay. Um, I think I, I know, have like I know that that's left, one that they so. teased at the beginning of when they announced the show, so. Okay, cool. Yeah, that that I'm looking forward to. But no, it's 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 great. I also like we had mentioned this last time like they they're they're not committing to like a this is a, a new show that we do. This is like we're going to do this many episodes. Yeah, no, it's a limited run, which is it's kind of cool. I mean, like like I I probably would enjoy more of them, but you know, I I kind of respect them. I guess they could always come back to yeah. the idea Exactly. Exactly. But uh, just it's it's well done. It's a lot of fun. If you like this, you'll surely like that. <laughs> yeah. So suggest you go listen to that. Awesome. Um, did you want to jump in again, or shall I? Shall I take the reins? I've got no, a we'll quick go back, one. We'll go back and let you get your your stuff. All right. I've got a nugget. Um, Prime members have a new benefit. Okay. They are going to be able to see Aquaman <laughs> a week early. Really? Yeah. December fifteenth. I'm a Prime member. We're busy that day. Moving on! <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the, uh, that's the Bielski party. Yeah, I... 
I would uh, I would totally do this if I cared. <laughs> but man, every time I see the trailer for this, I'm like, oh god, oh. I don't think I've seen it since. Oh, it looks when, so when bad. Oh, so you didn't see it when you watched Overlord? No. I saw it when I watched Overlord. I saw it when I watched Fantastic Beasts. And I'm just like, can this movie come out so I don't have to watch this shit anymore? Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess I'll probably see it again tomorrow with Fantastic Beasts because they're both WB properties. Yeah, it's it's um, it's um, not good. It doesn't look good, Al. <laughs> it's, uh... Oh, that's, you know, that's fun. It's real bad. Um, I, I was, uh, uh, one of my, my buddies was uh, in town. Or, yeah, he's, he just moved earlier this year. And um, so we went on Sunday to watch uh, the football games at a bar near us. And we ran into um, someone that we, we knew like from high school. Um, and we I guess we met his girlfriend. And it's not someone I've ever met before. And we were she was sitting at the bar in front of where we were standing. And we were ordering drinks. And like we were talking. And someone said something funny. And I laughed. And I did like my laugh, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she turned around really scared, startled. Yeah, that's that's a and fair she's reaction. Like, she said, "Was that you?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." And she goes, "I didn't expect that." I was like, "Yeah, no one ever does." You should have uh, said no and then cackled and then walked <laughs> away. <laughs> no, because she did seem kind of like she seemed cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, the five minutes we were talking to her. Um, yeah, I was like, "No, it's um, you know, it's just one of those things. You can't really control your laugh, and that's uh." That's it. I know. <laughs> I know what I am. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I know what I am. <laughs> That's how it's gonna be. Awesome. Was that was that just an impromptu nugget, or was that what was on your list? No, impromptu because I laughed. Nice. nice. Okay. So what, what's next? What do you got? Um, it's been a few weeks since we discussed. What are we watching? Ooh, I've got one. Okay. Al, I am two, three. Two? I think I'm three episodes into The Punisher. Oh, nice. And I'm really enjoying it. It's good. It's, it's good. It's, it's screwed up. <laughs> like, it's yeah, dark. No, it's, it's a dark show. It's an uncomfortable watch. Yeah, uh, it, it is at times, yes. They do a very good job of exploring the, the psyche of a vet. Like, it's, it's creepy. And it's, it's well executed. Yeah, they really try and dive into the psychological and and as much as they can with the story as well, the realistic. Can you um, what's Shane's real name? John Bernthal. Bernthal. There's scenes where he like runs into battle when they're doing flashbacks of his time in the war, where mm-hmm. he like psychs himself up, yeah, and yells and hits himself before he goes in. <laughs> Give that man an Oscar, <laughs> like like. I mean, he's he's good most of the time. In that scene, he's great. <laughs> and That's I just, probably his strongest skill is his ability to, to scream like a madman. To be psycho, yeah, I, I appreciate that. He, uh, I actually liked his flashback sequences in the um, in the Walking Dead. Sorry, I just <laughs> I don't know if you watched the latest episode, but we're back to not a lot happening. Oh, that, wait, this past one? Yeah. I didn't watch it yet. Yeah. Okay. You could w- wait until next week, and then maybe you'll get a whole episode out of it. Oh wow! Oh, wait, <laughs> I, it's funny because I actually I didn't read it, but I saw like a blurb of uh, like a review for uh, for this week's episode, and it actually seemed like a positive review. Um, are you sure you're not a week behind? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm up to date. This is the second one post time jump. 
Second or third, yeah. Second, Second. because there's one episode left, right, before they go on break for like a friggin' half a year? (laughs) Yes. um, Such garbage. Okay, no, because, yeah, because I would think the argument would be made that last week was the one where not a lot really happened. Um, yeah, I, but they, they both weren't that great. Um, uh, just, just, yeah, just watch. We'll see, we'll see. I'd be curious what you think. Um, but anyway, he's, his, fla- the flashback sequences before they made that three-year jump with him. Six, six year jump. Six year jump. Yeah, that's, that's right. Six years would make a lot more sense. Huh. Uh, anyway, those flashback sequences were pretty good. I like. Yeah, but Don Bradwell's was far and away the strongest of the three. I like him. I think he's a good actor. I want to see more of him. He's a pretty good actor, yeah. Yeah, cool. cool. Um, I finally started seriously watching The Sopranos. Oh, nice! In the I past like week it. or so, uh, I am nearly done with the first season. I thought I have... you were going to tell me you were nearly done with it. I was like, okay, you've got a problem. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm nearly done. I think I have two more episodes in the first season, um, and it's good. You know, it's it's it definitely warrants the acclaim it's gotten. I okay. think it pretty much holds up too as being what really kicks off. I see a lot of times mentioned um, the Shield having kicked off the Golden Age of Television, and I don't think that's true. This predates that. Um, they ran. I mean, they ran at the same time, but this started in '99, I think, and I'm, I don't think the Shield started until another couple of years after. Um, but it's it's a very good show. I mean, it makes you feel dirty a lot of times when you're watching it because it's like, you know, a lot of times it's the type of show where it's like, oh, like all these people are shitty and like you gotta root for one or the other. It's hard to make an argument to vote to root for any of them. Nice. Um, but it's a good show. There's a lot of good performances. Some of it at times almost feels a little cheesy in the execution of the like the things that were like it was kind of like pioneering then. Is like mm. now feels like kind of corny, such as um, it's like little like motifs and little things that I've done. Like there's a lot of dream sequences, yeah, okay, and stuff like that. But that's not it. There's like some other like cinematography things that like are kind of too. Where it's like we see them so much now that it feels old, even though I guess kind of then it would have been a first. Gotcha. But uh, like but it, now, now that we have so much of it, it's just it almost just feels like the same old song and dance. Yeah, um, okay. which is is more a me problem than an it problem. Sure, because uh, I'm watching it nearly 20 years after it first aired. Um, but it's no, it's a good show. It's worth a watch if you haven't gotten to it. Yeah, so. Kim and I have talked about um, about getting into it. There's just it's one of those things where it's just like there's so many things that we want to watch and get into. Yeah. And then you just don't because there's there's an overwhelming number of choices. Well, I keep my list, and it's something. It's funny because a lot of people, oh, you should watch this thing, and fifty percent of the time, it's like I've already watched that, and the other fifty percent of the time, it's I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> I know me, and if you're bringing up a show or a movie to me that's like contemporary, I'm already aware of it, and I have an opinion, probably, yeah. or like it's like. Like the obviously sometimes it's like oh yeah no I'm gonna watch it it's just I have other things on the list first you know yeah that's that's totally fair I've got this I've got this list on my phone going of movies that I want to watch um some of them are ones that like you know someone like me probably should have seen already but I've seen a lot of movies uh and it's and like 
I want to actually rename the list on my phone to the you've never seen that list, which is the <laughs> which is the is what you can say to get me to not want to watch the thing you're pitching me. We we just had that conversation, me and Caleb, because uh-huh. um, I sent him the V for Dead episode, just assuming he's seen the movie, because it's a hundred percent in his wheelhouse and like came out at a time where he would have like absolutely been into it. You know what I mean? Right. And like he's he gets a little theatrical. So like I, in my mind, I had a feeling like I, I thought he had actually like gone as V one year for Halloween or something like that. Okay. Like I thought I remember him doing it and he's like, Oh, uh, actually I've never seen it. I was like, wait, what? I was like, I could totally have been like, Understood. Where it's like, oh yeah, I saw that. and wasn't a huge fan. Like, it never crossed my mind that he'd never seen the movie. Yeah, and you were so convinced that he, yes. he had been the character, probably. Yes. And <laughs> I said that to him. He's like, you know what? That's totally fair because it's absolutely the type of thing I would have done. Um, but I still haven't seen it. I was like, well, it's on Netflix. Go fix that. And he said, No, you're right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. No, but, oh, that's that's just one of those. That's uh, one of those things that really grinds my gears. <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't. No, I didn't do that thing where. Oh my God, you haven't yeah. seen it. It was like I was truly shocked that he specifically had not seen that movie. Yeah, no, that's, and that's that's fair. That's fair. Now, but, now uh, you're just being a good friend, pointing him in the right direction. Yeah, I no, I, I always try and do that for people. I always, <laughs> and that's the thing. I have a very high success rate of recommendations to people because when I tell someone to watch something, it's because I think that person is going to like that thing. Not just I like this thing, so you have to. Like I curate my list of things for people yeah that's fair. Um, I, you want I'm you want curi- to make your suggestion count yeah exactly because i want you to trust my suggestions going forward you don't want to be a suggestion whore no absolutely not yes. uh i am curious whether or not the list of the things that you have to watch is whether the top of it is uh is cloud atlas or not <clears throat> it's more of a list of things that i've never seen oh okay it's not a it's not so much a to-do list because I took inventory, and we need to get to that episode soon. Yeah, otherwise I'm going to die. <laughs> okay. We will. <laughs> As in, you'll kill me. <laughs> so let's, yeah. let's, let's get this. We'll, we'll get, I'll get it going. Um, I believe you promised me by the new year you would watch it. Hey, I did this thing that I probably should have done for my entire working career where I took the days off between Christmas and New Year's. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. Nice. <laughs> I can't stress this enough. I'm I'm thrilled at how this is going to go down. It's, I feel like I'm in school again. <laughs> it's amazing. I feel like winter break is coming. I'm going to watch some movies. Because it is. It, it, For you. It is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, I'll... I'll, uh, I'll get that in there. I'm just... For whatever reason, I'm terrified that something's going to go wrong. And I'm not gonna watch it, but I will. I'll watch it. I will. I'll, I got you. I'll. You're you are literally waiting for the perfect. You're literally waiting for Kim to say, "Hey, let's watch a three-hour movie." Um, I wonder if I've already rewatched it, and I've just been toying with you for a very long time. I would be so very mad at you. The, you, I, didn't, I, you didn't. You didn't give I'm me. Not. You didn't get me anything for my birthday. This could be your birthday present. <laughs> Actually, what's really funny is earlier today I was thinking, you know what I should do today? <laughs> I should rewatch the movie and then send you a picture of me watching the movie as your birthday present. Because I know you didn't get me 
that uh, was it the was it the the Basil Hayden's was that the one with the rye? Don't don't say things. Don't you say <laughs> these things. All right, <laughs> moving on to the next one. I didn't expect it. I have no idea how much that costs. It might be a lot of money. <laughs> uh, um, all right. So next one, real quick. There's a second trailer for uh, Once Upon a Deadpool. Wait, really? And it's oh, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> you think it came out yesterday or two days? Is ago? that what they're calling it? Yes. I still can't believe they didn't call the actual sequel, the Untitled Deadpool sequel the way it was originally listed for a very long time on imdb because that would have been so on brand for the fucking movie yeah it absolutely would have been it's a missed opportunity why are we it's a fate of the furious why are we better at this pr stuff than they are i don't understand we should not be better at this it's like it's right in front of your face yes it's literally (laughs) you know what you had to do to make this work less work that's literally nothing yeah exactly just it was imdb already put it up (laughs) just just be like, yeah, that's it. That's the title. It was it was Done. the working title for so long that I just assumed that that was it, and I was like, I love that. Yeah, I was disappointed by it having a two. Me in it. too. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this looks great, and I can't wait to watch it because it. it I feel like it's just going to be over the top funny. I know it's going to be it's going to be more tame. Yeah, but it's going to be what you're going to get out of that. Is just this heightened level of sarcasm. <laughs> so, is, I, I wonder if the idea of doing this whole thing and releasing this is that this will be the TV edit on its own. Maybe that's that they not won't a bad do idea. A cut up of the movie for it on TV in the way that, and I don't know if we ever looked into whether this was fully true or not, but we were discussing um, for the pumpkin beer thing that Clue had different versions and then yeah. ultimately the TV release was the one that had the different endings altogether. Or maybe it happened like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that going to be this sort of thing where like, that's the only thing that ever hits TV and only on like HBO. Will you see the original Deadpool two? That would be interesting. I will say that is a thing that has haunted me for years because there's random cuts of Ace Ventura, which is one of my favorite comedies of all time on TV on different networks, there's different scenes that are just in the movie. And some of them are really, really funny. And there's one particular one that I really want. Like, I want to own that version of it. And I, I can't. And I don't, I don't understand. There's I don't gotta understand be a way. this, like, how it, it's distributed. There's got to be a way to, to find it. The thing is... Looking into this, I don't think anybody else cares enough about it <laughs> to be, to find this out. Well, it's like on like I think it's FX that is the one that plays the most often. Like forgetting Sarah Marshall, the, the edit they play on TV, they cut some of the scenes that are a little bit more vulgar. Yeah, but then they replaced it with some of the deleted scenes. Oh, okay. So I was watching on TV once. I was like, wait, what the fuck is this? When they do the yoga scene, that's not in the original cut of the movie. Well, the thing is, I feel like I've never watched the original cut. So I, when I saw it in theater, when I saw it, I actually saw the preview screening, and it was like three hours long. Oh, wow. And any other time that I've watched it, I've watched my DVD copy, which is like the unedited version. Okay. So, yeah, because I've seen like the normal full, like like the theatrical release was. Yeah. And like the scene where they do the yoga thing with Kristen Wiig, that was not in that. 
That's so funny. That, that scene is is really it's just really funny, and it's just like a dig at him the whole time, which is it's just so good. Yeah. I love that movie so much. And there's a couple other things too, but that's the big one that I remember. Like I turned it on on TV, like maybe five minutes before that scene, and like it came on. I was like, wait, what the fuck is this? I was like, did I? <laughs> Did I fall asleep watching this movie? What is this the, trash? <laughs> the previous ten times I watched this? <laughs> How did I miss this one scene? <laughs> yeah. You just tune out every time it comes on? Yeah, I was like, how is this even possible? So, <laughs> just circling back to the, the, the trailer. Go and take a look at it. The what, What's happening is, um, it, for those of you not familiar with what's going on here, it's very Princess Bride. And Deadpool is reading the story to Fred Savage, a grown Fred Savage in his bed. Reprising the role of young Fred Savage. <laughs> and in this version of the trailer, he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> that's what makes it so good. It's a very, why the hell am I here? <laughs> and it's, it's, wor- it's worth a watch. And it's going to make this funny. He also, uh, he rips Deadpool apart for one second towards the end of it. And... It's it's great. Like leaves him speechless. It's really funny. You a ra- a true rarity it. for the Merc with mouth. Yeah, he just actually he does his classic <gasps> as he's insulted, which is just wonderful. It's great um, because I I had the Princess Bride on upstairs a little while ago. Speaking of Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds, I actually did not put this on the list of things. Have you seen the Detective Pikachu trailer? Yes. That looks real dumb and silly. And I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> I still can't believe it's a real thing. Yeah. I, I, the whole time I've thought this was some sort of ex, like extended like gag, like a, like an SNL sketch. No, 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 that's a thing. Hit Until I saw the trailer, I assumed it was a joke. The trailer's pretty silly. Yeah. I, uh, I, I recommend you go watch that trailer as well. Detective Pikachu. Give that, give that a go. I just, I just love Ryan Reynolds. He's just fantastic. Um, you have one more? No, that was it. Okay. What, what are we watching was my only other one. Oh, uh, okay. So I've got... Okay, there's two quick things then. Actually, one of them, maybe not that quick. I'm actually curious what you think about this. Uh, title design. There's a famous title designer, Pablo Ferro. I'm not 100% sure I'm pronouncing his name right. F-E-R-R-O. Uh, who passed away at age 83. But the headline is what caught my eye because I didn't know what a title designer was. And I'm still not 100% sure how much they're involved with it so it's it goes in depth explaining the things that he's done um some of the more notable ones being men the men in black title sequence the beetlejuice title sequence um oh, strange okay. love and what i don't understand and i, I did you know can to be honest with you i only looked for not that that not that much time into this but are i don't fully understand if they do the entire sequence or if it's just the title design, like the actual credits, because I know that's part of it. I just don't know if that's if that's it or if it's that plus the sequence of the opening. But I thought that was a really interesting thing that this is a it's something that you don't think about, right? Like we don't make movies. We watch them. We don't think about all of the levels of like creation that go into it. And, and I've, I've, I've 100% been the person who's been guilty of like, especially in like a Marvel movie where it's like, oh, these credits are going on for four hours and they've just named 1500 people on screen yeah and why can we just cut it down to like a tight 100 well if you cut out the people on the tight 100 just tighten just tighten that tighten. stuff um <laughs> yeah if you, if you cut them out then you get a george lucas on your hands and you get kicked out of 
some guild, director's guild, screenwriter's guild. Did he get kicked out of one of those? I think so. <laughs> because he refused to put the uh, the credits in the opening sequence. But um, I just thought it was really interesting. And if you go go check out some of his work, what I thought was what struck me even more is inter- more interesting was Beetlejuice and Men in Black were two that stood out to me. Um, I believe both Danny Elfman music. And it's interesting that they're like the music going along. He, he definitely did Beetlejuice. Did he do Men in Black? I'm fairly certain. If not, um, it's a similar. It's a very similar style. But it's interesting okay. that both those the art style that this guy has kind of works so well with that. And it's just a thing that like I never thought of. And then as I was looking at some of his work, I spent like a lot of time just like looking at one screen of actually the one that I had up is Tommy Lee Jones' name in Men in Black. And he had this okay. style that he did of it's like it's hand drawn font. It's like really detailed though, really elongated, and it's just it's just interesting because it is. If you were to show me anything written in that font, I would say Men in Black. So you just have that automatic association, or yeah. Whatever. And I I think that's incredible. Like, and yeah. is that the mark of a true title designer, like a, a like a master craftsman in that field? I imagine so. I think it's it's the kind of the, the mark of any sort of designer like that that it's automatically like implanted in your brain. You have that association with something forever and always like that that sort of thing where it's like you won't remember something that someone told you earlier that day, but you're always gonna remember that signature. Like it's like a yeah. Pavlovian response. What's it's just it was really cool to me. If you if you check out that article, it's from Sci-Fi Wire on. Um, it's on the Flipboard magazine that we have for Flicks. Uh, and you, you you read that, you dive a little deeper. There's an article about the man's life. And it, it's just, it's it's really cool. I, I would suggest, you know, taking I don't know, 15 minutes going through it. It's If you're interested in this stuff, it's it's kind of fun. Kind of fun to go through. There's one more thing that I have. Okay. Very simple. And I actually just thought of it while we were talking before. And I wrote it down real quick. And I, I meant to bring this up to you. You... We're fans of Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. I'm sure other listeners are as well. There's, in the latest episode of The Good Place, something incredible happened in the opening sequence. It starts off, the music, the volume of the music that is overlaying the scene is a little higher than usual. There's a man, does a stretch, gets out of bed, camera's behind him, you can't see who he is. Feet go into like the slippers. He's doing like he's like going through his routine, getting up, you know, folding like the the sheets over. You see like um, the tea drop into the cup. You see the water pour into the tea, and the way the music's playing, and I'm just like, is this Chuck? (laughs) Right? It's Chuck. It's the guy that plays Chuck, and I was like, wait a minute, what is happening right now? And then I was like, I then spent the next five minutes seeing who directed the episode and seeing if there was any overlap with um, okay. with Better Calls. There wasn't, but I was just like, is this a, what happened here that these two things lined up perfectly? And I really, if you've watched Better Call Soul, I encourage you, go watch the last, it's the first five minutes of the last episode of The Good Place. Go check it out because it is wildly similar to a Better Call Saul opening. And it was Michael McKean in it? Yes. It's funny because the other day I walked into the kitchen and my dad had 
some, I think, cooking channel show on. And I heard a voice. I was like, that voice sounds familiar. And I looked up, and it's Michael McKean. And I was like, is that fucking Michael McKean? Anytime. My dad's like, my dad's like yeah. I was like, what's he doing on the goddamn Food Network? Like, uh, it's... I can't, I can't hear him or see him and not think of that line and clue at the very end. I'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife <laughs> because he pretended to be gay at one point. <laughs> it's, just, it's so funny. I love his character, and that is great. Wait, when is that I, him? Yeah. I don't think I've ever made that connection. Yeah, that's him. That's really weird. It's great. <laughs> Apparently, he was on like SNL for a while. Oh, um, really? Which I didn't. Uh, which I didn't know. I think in like the eighties. That show is fascinating to me. It's definitely interesting. The, just the, the 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 gauntlet that they run to get that thing on screen. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. And then the the coke parade that they have to have afterwards. <laughs> but well, I think before, during, and after. <laughs> right. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I just looked up. I had no idea that that was him. Yeah. You're learning all sorts of things. Learning about Unbreakable. You learn. He looks, he looks like a completely different person in that movie. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But anyway, I, like I said, go go check out. I will show it to you later. But go check out those listening. The if you're familiar with Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, go check out the first five minutes of the last episode of The Good Place. It's I, I just don't understand. It's it's that it's it's an open it, like that could have easily led into an episode of Better Call Saul, and I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, it started, and I was like, Chuck? And then when they panned it around, and you saw his face, Kim and I just slow turned to each other. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Um, that's it. I think that's it for news and nuggets. You don't have any more, do you? Uh, no. Shall we get into our flick of the week? Sure. So on this week's episode, we're going to be going over the movie Overlord. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it's a... World War Two era movie, and there's some stuff going on behind the scenes. There's some German experiments that are going on that are creating some 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 creepy some there's some creepy outcomes. And uh, I, I called Al earlier in the show a Nazi zombie. That's that's kind of what you expect from the trailer and what you get going in, and it's not wrong. But the movie's not what you expect. No. In a really good way. Yeah. No, this was... This was I, when I first saw the very first trailer for this, I was like, that looks super dumb. Yeah. And then I saw like a longer trailer. I was like, eh. And as we were getting closer, and I was like, kind of like seeing a bit more of it, I was like, you know what? Okay, like this, this could be interesting. And I was very pleasantly surprised. This is a very solid movie. I was interested from the get-go just because I've always been kind of fascinated by the whole Nazi zombie thing from, like, you know, Call of Duty games and, like, different things. And it's really – it's the video game parallels that really had me kind of hooked from the get-go. I was – this movie had no business being as good as it was because I thought that's what I was going to get. But I didn't get that. What I got was a really awesome action war movie – with a beautiful balance of like sci-fi horror, yeah, well, very heavy horror sequences. Yeah, like because it was it wasn't start to finish. It was like it was like kind of it 
it's funny. It never feels schizophrenic, but it does feel like it kind of flips a switch between the two. Yeah. Where it's like, now we're doing real horror. Now we're doing sci-fi. Now we're doing just flat out war movie. Um, but it never feels jarring the switches, which is rare. No, I don't. I actually, I really don't understand why the movie works. It definitely seems to be a greater than the sum of its parts type of movie. Yeah, for sure. Like if you take if you take any one 15 minute sequence, you're just like, okay, this seems generic or like a just a typical, you know, version of X or Y, like a typical Nazi zombie story or a typical D-Day story or a typical uh the soldiers like getting to know each other all before hell breaks a loose story. <laughs> and but all of those things together, it ended up with an actually unique story. You know, you know what it was because a, a big part of it is kind of the 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 glue that held it all together was mm. they did a really good job of finding a way to do that slow burn tension rising, but not just a perpetual from start to finish. Even though functionally it works that way predominantly. But it was one of those things where they're segmented. The tension is rising. The tension is rising. The tension is rising. The tension is rising. Pause. Tension is rising. The tension is rising. And it keeps you on the edge of your seat in like that. Even though it's not always like that adrenaline rush thing, you're you're keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a good through line that ties it all together. Yeah, I totally agree. That's it it's also funny there's like a there's a suspension you have to have like this suspension of like like this disbelief because of of what we're tackling here but you're also it 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 works because these guys are seeing the horrors of war that some of the things that are terrifying on screen not as scary as what they're going through yes and that in a weird way makes it balance out. I, I don't like. I said, it doesn't. It, it should, by all accounts, it shouldn't work as well as it does. <laughs> but not it, just that. But they 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 tip on its head the whole concept of the like the the horrors of war thing because they they do that to begin with. Where they have they have the setup where they talk about Boyce not being able to deal with the yeah, the mouse. You're not built in the barracks, and and you go through that whole thing where that's a kind of a classic arc of that sort of story where. Oh, he can't handle a mouse. To he's forced to deal with it in the face of his own revulsion. To becoming able to do whatever he has to do. Yeah. Um. And you have that arc throughout it, but it becomes entirely secondary and kind of mundane to what's actually going on because the real horrors that this horrible thing becomes kind of wrote underneath how horrible truly what they find is, which. Is kind of an unexpected way to look at the thing. It's usually the you see that and either makes or breaks the man. Yeah. Um, and in this case, it becomes secondary to the real horror. Like this horror right. is bad, but it's a mundane sort of horror compared to what could have been type yeah. of thing. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I the way that I was seeing it was there's up up until a certain point where he's forced to his hand is forced. At a certain point in the movie, and I'm, not, I'm just not—we're not in spoiler territory yet, so I won't say. But like, he has to do the thing, and 
the the thing is what the the reason it, I feel like that it worked is they removed the gray area from the situation for him because it was so fucked <laughs> that he, that he had to act, and that that's what opened him up. Yeah, it's really it's really yeah. That's exactly what I mean. Where it's like like the the type of thing where it's like that should have been the make or break point becomes yeah. kind of rote and mundane because there's so much worse going on, and that's what they have to deal with. And. I what I, I just want to like circle back for a second. You were talking about like the tension building and pause, and then building and pause. What I like about it is we've get we get all different versions of that tension building throughout the movie. It starts off, um, the the it's very tense from the get go. Where like the opening sequence of the of the movie is flying in over the beaches, and it's super tense because you don't know at what point it's going to go south, but you know what's going to go south. So, like, there's that tension. Then there's the, uh, like, like, a typical war movie silent scene tension where everybody's being really quiet and you're just waiting for the loud noise. Right? So there's that. Then there is, there's the creepy town, uh, the, the creepy sound tension where, like, something creepy is happening in that room on the left. And we're going to slowly inch towards it. And we're not going to get there just yet, but we're going to circle back to it. And then there is like the "I'm about to be caught" tension, and like it, like escaping by the skin of your teeth. And then the complete unknown of of what is happening in this room, and then it being far worse or different than anything you could have ever imagined. And just it's the execution is just on point. And I, I, I really, I just. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, that is, that is, I think, all I can actually say before anything that we say spoils it. Yeah, probably. So, with with that being said, if you're if you're even remotely, if you're on the fence about this movie, then then it's for you. Go see it. If you've never heard of it, give the trailer a look, and you know, take into account what we're saying here. It's it's a good movie. It's very entertaining. It's, yes, it, it ended up being fun. not just a good action movie, although it did kind of fall in pretty well with the thing we we discussed. I guess when it was when we saw Free Fire, maybe where the the idea of that middle class of action movie. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 actually that's fair. I like that, but it's also middle. It, but it also has that hor- those horror aspects that you didn't you wouldn't get from normally. Yes, and I guess. Even to a certain extent, it falls into a middle class of horror as well, mm-hmm. where it's not big, slick, like, you know, like horror movie that's not actually that scary, nor is it the indie, like, this is just horror and it's super cheap and it's super grainy type of horror either. Like, it's somewhere in between. Yeah. It's so it's so weird because there's so many different horrible things that happen to them. That you're like, which of these things is the most horrible thing that's happened to this group of people? And they may all be equally horrible. They're just on they're on these branches that are so far away from each other <laughs> that they like you can't actually compare them. I guess to a certain extent, it, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the way I've described Annihilation, where it's this isn't an out and out horror movie. Oh, I know. <laughs> but there's a lot of horror elements to it where it be- kind of becomes that genre um yeah. very aptly uh what it needs to be um and it it fits in the way that i'm not really a big fan of horror movies but right. i like these 
both of these movies a lot. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's totally fair. Uh, with that being said, let us lift the veil so that we can uh, stop talking around the scenes and actually talking through them. Uh, so jumping right in, like at the beginning, th- these are th- it's like an there's like an epic World War Two movie like crazy f- like action sequence with them on the plane and the plane getting shot through and then oh yeah they went all in on the opening what blew my mind about it though is as that that scene progresses and uh is his name boyce yes as boyce falls out of the plane or gets get finally gets out of the plane in the proper direction but still as he's as he's falling through the sky and all this chaos is happening around him horrifying it is not only is it it's it's horrifying. It's done well, but it's weirdly reminiscent of a video game cutscene. Yeah, and it's probably it could just be the way that the but how it was done graphically. But it really felt like if you were playing a video game and then your character you were in first person, you jumped out of the plane and you fell through the sky, and it went into third person and it showed you what was going on. It was it was kind of that sporadic. But it, again, anything any of these things that I bring up, I feel like. That's a caveat with it. It, it works though, and there's no, a lot was, of. I, I think a lot of it was perspective too. Um, that claustrophobic, like you know, where you because a lot of times when you see a scene of someone jumping out of a plane, it's zoomed out and you see the whole f- frame as the person is falling through it. Yeah, and seeing this up close and personal and having that jarring of like you experiencing um, the flipping and like buffeting of the wind and stuff like that. Um, and it's if everything like your field of view is very tight up against you. Uh, it's kind of a claustrophobic. Uh, it, it's it, you're right. It is very reminiscent of a video game. It, it, it I've I've definitely played sequences where you jump out of something and it it plays similar to that. It's so it's it's so weird. And that like I said, that really worked for me with the movie. And then that was the first instance of it where it's like, oh, this feels like a video game. And then more and more throughout the throughout the movie, there were like little things that reminded me of a video game. Like there were there were set pieces where I was like, "Oh, this would be like great multiplayer map." Like yeah. it, it's like the like the town, for example. Actually, I'm I'm ninety nine percent certain that the town with the castle at the hill is like a direct level that I've played in a video game. <laughs> yeah, the, it's funny. The town was reminiscent of like a Call of Duty. Yeah. Map, especially when Call of Duty did the World War II games, mm-hmm. um, like Cold War, like Call of Duty, like two or three, um, and inside, like the whole thing reminded me of a GoldenEye map. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. That's that's so weird. And then as we so like as it progresses, though, the um, like little things that you find throughout it, like the like the syringe that has this serum that can reanimate or as we find out can make a living person super strong uh it, it's almost like a health syringe <laughs> which is what like and, and almost the way, the way that they grab it and the way that they use it and inject it and how how rapid those scenes are like it's like like you just like they stab themselves with this needle like like really quickly it felt again felt like a video game the, a little bit cavalier. The monsters and like the attacking of the monsters, it felt very like Castle Wolfenstein, which is great. I mean, that's that's kind of like what I feel like what they're getting at with the movie. Um, and then there was just like this the dumbest thing that probably shouldn't. It it probably doesn't like resonate unless you've like played this exact sequence. But there's a scene where he's walk the first time that Boyce is walking through the um, 
the church or the underground of the church, he walks through a room and there's iron bars. And as before that pans over to the iron bars, it pans over a typewriter. And I was like, bro, you should save your game. <laughs> and like, that's like, the rest of the evil thing, right? Yeah, and I, like that was exa- like that's that's exactly what that scene reminded me of, from the color palette to the over the shoulder view to the like to the gritty iron bars and like the blood and the wet, like it was just it was so bizarre, and I was just like, was this is that an Easter egg? Like, what's happening right now? Like, this is like like on point with a video game, and I just I I, I enjoyed it, and then. The other piece of it that um, that plays out is we, we talked about it being better than the sum of its parts. All of its parts, each part was a level in the game. The yeah. airdrop level, the walking through the field level, the in-the-town spying level, the um, bursting your way through the fortress level, <laughs> the escape level. Like, it, it really does. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I actually didn't do research on um the writer or anything like that but i'm i'm curious like i wouldn't be surprised if a game designer had a hand in the construction of this story was- uh yeah i'm not sure i looked at the director earlier and uh i think this may have been his first feature um film good for him man because i think he had directed a bunch of like shorts before this awesome that would explain um, why the, the the smaller sequences work really well. Yeah, I'm I'm looking. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at the uh, the first the the writers, and uh, it doesn't. Uh, one of them just did a bunch of movie stuff. This guy, uh, well, one of the writers wrote The Revenant, hmm. and a few other things. Yeah. Um, the director, yeah, like I said, the director was was Julius Avery. And he, this was, oh no, sorry, he uh, he directed one of the things, Son of a Gun, in 2014, hmm. which I've never heard of before. No, me neither. Uh, it's a Prison Break movie. Fun. And it had a pretty lesser cast, a lesser well-known cast. Ewan McGregor is in it, and Britton Thwaites, which is a name I know. But I don't know who that is. But those are the only two names I recognize in this cast list. So mm. a little bit smaller affair. Um, this is a little, a little bit bigger. Although still a lot of unknowns because that was actually a, a a topic that I had was uh, some breakout stars in this movie. Mm. Um, Boyce, kind of the lead role, Joven Adipo, Um I didn't recognize him at all. And he was from Fences. I guess he was yep. – main character i didn't realize i never saw that yeah kim and i were trying we were like that was like one of those ones where we were like who like there was a couple of characters that were like who is that and then when it was like after the movie you look him up and she was just like oh (laughs) he was in that yeah it looks like he was in a good bit of the leftovers he was in mother which i never actually get around to seeing Mm -hmm. it looks like he's going to be in the second season of jack ryan on um amazon okay and I think he's going to be playing one of the leads in Central Park Five on HBO. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Fences, also, Fences was a good movie. Yeah, I actually do want to get around to seeing that. I never got a chance to see well it. Done. Um, and then the girl who was, you know, the girl in this. Uh, I don't think she's ever really been in anything big. Um, What's her yeah, name? No, she, um, 
She's French. It's Mathilde Olivier. Okay. Um, yeah, we, that's that's the other thing that stood out. Um, like, yeah, she, she's not been in anything else. She was in like a short. She was in something I've never heard of, The Misfortunes of Francois Jane. Okay. And then she's in things upcoming, but also pretty small. She was she was awesome. Yeah, she did a really great job. Both, like really both, badass. both of them did a really great job. And uh, they, which, weirdly, like really good chemistry. Yes. Which is Definitely. actually so that that works overall for all the characters. Yes. Although I think probably, possibly the strongest performance was um, the actually the German guy. Um, which, by the way, did you recognize who that was? Uh, I knew him. I couldn't tell okay. you what he was in. I definitely um, recognized him. So here's the thing. As I was watching it, I was like, man, this guy's so familiar. And I can't figure out who he is. And then finally, like halfway or so through the movie, I was like, wait a minute. Is that him? And I had to look it up. And I was like, oh, my God. How did it take me that long to realize who it is? It was because, you know, he's playing like a German World War II soldier. And he's got a different accent than he's had in other things I've seen him in. And also a completely different look. Uh, that's Pilo Asbik, who was in um, The Ghost of the Machine and probably most well-known to people as Euron Greyjoy. In yes, Game thank of you. That's, that's the one. That's what I, uh, we had looked that up afterwards, too. Yeah, me and Dominic walked out of the theater. I was like, man, he plays a really great psycho bad guy. Yeah. And he's like, was like, who is he? I was like, that's Euron. He's like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, that's Euron Greyjoy. He's like, no fucking way. I was like, no, no, that's him. Like, I know he doesn't have a beard and he's He's in a different accent, but like, that's him. Like, he plays all different sorts of crazy pretty damn well. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine the casting folks are like, we need a crazy bad guy, and he just pops his head in. Hello, <laughs> I'll take over. I can, from do, here. I can do accents and crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and be missing half my face. That was creepy. Yeah, no, he was. Uh, he did a pretty great job of menacing, of crazy, of batshit insane. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, the evil. you want to talk about an intense scene when we when all the viewers know that this guy is not knocked out and he's being taken down from oh. being strung up. We all knew it wasn't going to go well. Like I'm sitting in the theater, like God damn it! How how are they not sending another guy with him? How are they not sending another right. guy with him? How are they not sending? Another how are guy you cutting him? him down right now? Why? Why are you cutting him down right now? Give him one more thwap on the head before you do that. <laughs> like, but when he picks up the gun and like, like very professionally shoots in straight like directions out from himself to make sure that like he's like covering the space while blindfolded. That was in that that scene. Like I was like squeezing the armrests because like eh, even though like it, it, it the horrible thing already happened <laughs> like it happened immediately, but I was still like. She's like terrified of what was going to happen next because he's blind firing into this small room. Yeah, and also I'm, I'm and the whole time that sequence is going on. I'm like, how the fuck has no one come and found them yet? Yeah, like it's got to happen eventually. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That it, that it took a while, but yeah, that was uh, that was intense. And it it took until not the five shots he took. It took until he killed that guy, and then they revived that guy. And then that guy tore apart the entire attic and many more bullets were shot at him for someone to finally say, hey, someone's probably looking for us now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That that reanimation scene. Oh, God, it's horrifying. Was, you know, you know what makes that scene so horrifying? 
is it starts off fun and lighthearted. Yeah, it starts off as almost like, oh my god, he's alive, to, huh, that's weird, he's alive, to, I don't like this, yeah. to, no. oh god, please make it stop. No, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> no, no, please, please make him dead again. Yeah, oh, and that's, and that is the scene that we were talking about earlier, where Boyce, um, earns his stripes, mm-hmm. as it were, and, uh, he, uh, he really, he really bashes that, that skull in. Yeah, he um he got his money worth. Money's you're worth not, out of not, that. Uh, you're not getting up from that one. No, sir. Um, and that's actually kind of brought me to one of with my topics was um. Uh, I don't like body horror, mm. and that's probably the biggest of the horror in this movie. Yeah, and they that's did fair. they they did, did a really good job of it. Um and a watching, really good job of making you uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Well, if well, that's what I consider doing a job of it is of executing things on screen that make me want to execute myself, uh, <laughs> so I don't have to continue watching them. Uh, <laughs> you know, doing the thing that makes you want to throw up. Yeah, uh, like a dude popping up and then snapping his own neck and then snapping it back into place. Yeah, and oh. as it, as it keeps moving. You watch his spine progressively getting worse throughout the scene where, oh, there's bits of his spine poking out of the back and his shoulders. Oh, it's getting worse. Oh, he's now hunched over because his neck's been broken like four times. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to need a bucket and a mattress. <laughs> yeah. Um, or like when he finds that one guy, uh, was it Rosenfeld? When he finds him inside the car uh, and he not yanks like that. the thing out and I'm like, so like he's gonna yank his lung out with it, right? Well, that's that's what blew my mind about that scene. I was like, that is a tube going into like a five inch diameter circle on his body. You can't pull that out. He's going to die now. And then it well, was like, the oh, it's when just he pulled it out, I was around. like, when he pulls it out, I was like, so there's no way this guy makes it, right? <laughs> and then somehow survives <laughs> the rest of the movie. Like I'm like, so he's like gonna die now, or like. Before they make it out of the compound or something, right? And, and somehow he made minute. it to the end of the movie. And I was like, "But how?" I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> with you. I was I was waiting for that sequence of him like almost turning like that other guy did. I thought maybe that was yes. a little bit of foreshadowing, and that at some yes, point, yes, I could have seen that too. Especially because at that time, I still thought this was gonna be kind of a true blue like zombie movie. Yeah. Yeah, but they 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 held out on that, which was which was good to their credit. It was the yeah, no, I actually call. don't have a problem with that. It's just not what I expected. Yeah, I actually uh, I was talking to my buddy James about this a little bit, and he had an interesting take on it. He was he was a little disappointed that they didn't lean further into the horror towards the third act and like really go like overly creepy and like dead thing rather than having a zombie not zombie but like godlike character that can communicate with you and making it. He, like you know the you know the sequence there's a sequence towards the end where um one of the creature well the reanimated i imagine creatures escapes from the cell and is like is chasing uh he's chasing boys chasing the girl like he's chasing different people at different times yeah but like, that's like super creepy he was expecting more of that and that's honestly like like what you're saying that's what i expected going in i thought it was gonna get a lot of that like towards the end um and he was he was disappointed by that and i could actually i Kind of get that. If that's what you really wanted, I can yeah. see being disappointed by it. On the other hand, I was I was happy with where it went because it ended up being instead of it just being like a like a one off like 
oh, that was an entertaining thing to watch. It was it actually turned into a good movie that I would rewatch and has a rewatchability. Like it's just I, I thought they executed that well. Yeah, I I, uh, I definitely agree with that. I uh, I wouldn't have minded if they leaned a little bit more into that because I, I was kind of expecting that whole thing was when he brought him back to the house and maybe you would get a situation where like he would turn and sneak up on someone and get them or something like that. Uh, or maybe the ant pops out and yeah. gets one of them. Like It seemed like that's where they were leaning into mm-hmm. it going, and then it takes like a hard right away from it. Um, it's not that it was bad. It's just different than what I expected. Um, they played it a little bit more straight than I anticipated. Um, but the, it ended up becoming, I guess, to a certain extent, kind of almost more like a 28 Days Later Mm-hmm. In some ways, where it's like not like a zombie feeding on you type of thing, where it's more of the, it's focusing more on the brutality and yeah. the rage, the rage aspects of it. It's interesting. The, uh, the sorry, like what you said about the ant, like expecting fully, I fully until the movie was over, I still expected her to pop out at some point, <laughs> right? No, they but, definitely killed her when they went to chase. Yeah. But what uh what really got me though was what I this, a scene that I absolutely love because what they did was they they pull on a lot of different genre pieces and one of them is the is a very typical horror movie pull which is the horrible horrifying thing seems to be right around the corner and the thing that actually makes the cast member jump which in turn makes you jump is something that's not scary at all which is the little kid pointing the wood gun at him. And I, I thought that was hysterical. Yeah. And I was like, that's, I was like, I see what you did there. And I applaud you. That was, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it's the movies are very entertaining. The, uh, and the, 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 oh, I was going to say on, on the one last thing I thought about on that with the, the body horror stuff is, yeah. oh, um, the meat when hook? he's going through the, what's up? Oh, I was going to say the meat hook. The meat hook was bad, but no, um, it was walking through the house of horrors and seeing, Hearing a woman cry out for help and then walking no. in is just a head on a skeleton. That was like a, like a spinal column. And it's like, oh, there's some fucked up shit going on here. Oh, no. <laughs> What's amazing about what what adds to that is when he gets back to the house and he's trying to explain. And that's what he's stuck on. And it's like, yeah, no, I get it. I'm there. I'm there, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was, that was terrible. This... The character I can't remember his name. Who was leading them? The guy that the guy that was on the meat hook, Sergeant Ford. So when he uh, when he Corporal finally Ford. bites it at the end, Corporal Ford. At Corporal Ford, when he yeah. uh, when he you know glorious sacrifice at the end, Kim goes, "Oh, I didn't want him to die," and I was like, "Oh, I knew he was dead from five minutes into this movie." <laughs> oh yeah, no, he had the classic. Like gritty, like thousand yard stare. I've seen some shit right. stuff where it's like, oh, that guy doesn't make it. From yeah, from from the moment you see his face on screen, you're like, this guy's not gonna make it, but he's going out with a bang. <laughs> not at which happened like word for word. Literally. Not what I meant, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of going out with a bang, there's a very interesting scene. Oh, another Game of Thrones character. Uh, when they're walking through the field and they're talking and Grey Worm is talking about the book that he's going to write and they're, they're walking through, they're walking through. And I was like, I'm listening. I'm like, 
oh my god, oh my god, my guard is let down, and then boom, there's an explosion because I was really getting into the scene and then talking to each other. Did I blow? Um, I see you confused. Did I blow your mind about the gray worm thing? Was that gray worm? Yes. <laughs> you didn't uh, notice even... on account of the vocals. <laughs> Well, two things. The vocals and how very little screen time he got. Yeah. Um, there's one other thing. In the lighting and the way that it was shot um, and how very little screen time he got, I thought that guy was white. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I was really confused because Grey Worm's not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just clicked it. I was like, you know, that's um, yeah, I didn't realize there was him because I thought that was a white dude who just had, like, the grime of war on his face. Yeah. No, it was Grey Worm. Uh, yeah, I uh, was not as observant of that as I should have been, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, so that's, that's what got me, though, is they, as those characters were talking and you really get pulled into the dialogue, I, right before it happened, I realized how I had let my guard down. Yes. Before he steps on a landmine, and is Which gone. You should never do in that sort of situation. Yeah. yeah, you should never. You should never step on a landmine in any situation. <laughs> no, letting your guard down. <laughs> what did you say? No, I said no. The letting your guard oh, yeah. down thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, but they they just did a really good job. And I went. What I thought was awesome. This movie, like I said, again, the movie had. I feel like going in did not like didn't think it had any right to be this good. A a really wonderful callback. We would have made a hell of a chapter in his book. Yes. That I was just like, just good for you. Like, great writing, <laughs> great well, sequencing. Like, well done. It was a great job of of keeping that, like, and, like, tying that whole story together. Um, even though, like, this movie wasn't that long, right? I, I don't remember what the runtime was, but it wasn't that long. Um, and by the time that line happened, I was like, man, that feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. And, like, not in a bad way. Just, like, man, we've seen some shit since then. We were on a journey together. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was intense. The, um, man, that, uh, when that kid was under the blanket in the, uh, in the, in the lab. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, he's totally a spinal column like, now. Yeah, thing? I was like, oh, no, <laughs> what's going to happen? I'm, I'm so glad that he made it out alive. I'm also, I absolutely love the relationship that he has, the, the kid has with, uh, the the one the one guy I know him as Vinny T- from Tibbet? yeah what's his name Tibbet Tibbet that that relationship was fantastic yeah well like as it grew right because it's yeah. like him him and Boyce like they actually seem to genuinely like each other yeah um and and Tibbet wants nothing to do with him and they become like best friends it's it's awesome they, like uh, to the point where like he like literally almost sacrifices his life to save the kid, which is so wonderful. And then at the end, when they're sitting playing cards together, and he's got the matchstick in his mouth, just like him, he's got the helmet on. He's just yeah. him. I, I that was really well done. And honestly, the sequence that really gets me is when the photographer takes a picture of them together. Again, yeah. that that was a mini game in the video game that we're playing, but it was I, I was just like that's like that's really sweet. Like it t- like it touches on so many different aspects of it, like. Uh, of of a World War Two genre movie that I just I'm blown away that they were able to to like to interweave that with this horror aspect and make it work so well. Yeah, it's funny because like you did get kind of an ensemble and like you do like 
kind of care about what's going on with all. And I guess they, they kind of did a good job of like meeting at the right amount of like backstory on all of them. Like where like Tibbet and Chase don't get a ton of, and, and, and Rosenfeld or whatever, they, they don't get a ton of characterization outside of like the very specific on the nose stuff that you see from them. I, I pull, I accidentally pulled out, I accidentally pulled out my headphones. They, <laughs> they don't get a ton of what? <laughs> I said they don't. I said like, um, like uh, Tibbet and Chase and like Rosenville don't get a ton of like backstory per mm. se, which allows them, but still make them. They still make them like kind of interesting characters, but they give it. They they like they meet it out in the proper like portions where the rest of them do get the right amount. Where it's like, okay, like I have a whole bunch of characters that I care about because of like what they're doing what they've gone through what their backstory is and they get some other ones where it's like it's just well-written dialogue is what it comes down to that yeah. lets you like get like a, a like a good glimpse of their personality without knowing their whole story so it's like a good like balance of that where it's like you have this full list of characters where everyone doesn't have to have this rich layered backstory to them to still care about what's going on with them yeah oh that's interesting it's man it just it just works the movie just works al the uh it's also like a, a a really the cast is diverse and it it works really well and it doesn't feel like diverse for diversity's sake. Uh, by the way, poor one out for uh for poor Bokeem Woban as uh Sergeant whatever his name was. Oh damn. Yeah. Sergeant, that was Sergeant Brenton. That was I was like rough. <laughs> he walk he walks out and I was like, "Oh, look, it's Bokeem Woban. Cool." And then he made it like 8 more minutes in the movie. I was like, "Oh, Cool. Okay, I guess <laughs> I guess that's all we get. Uh, yeah, it, that was that that scene that was brutal. Yeah. That's uh, oh man, what a what a flick. What do you um? What did you think of Dead Eyed Wyatt Russell in this? Dead Eyed Wyatt Russell. Uh Corporal Ford. What? Wait, why did you say Dead Eye? Oh no! Like, cause like that was like I said, like he had like that whole like I've seen some shit like oh, oh, thousand yard gotcha. stare. Like, like what I, did you think of him in this movie in general? I thought he did really well. I uh, he played that he played that typical character really well. Yes, and, uh, and also think, like took that typical character and like actually gave him some change in evolution over the course of his story. Yes, and I think that's the key. Like the seeing how unhinged or mentally scarred he was like the like the the interrogation sequence yeah where, it was he's, rough. where he's like leaning into it and it is rough it is that character is one, like one dimensional up until that point where you're like oh no like he's he's fucked up and then and then that actually turning around and like when Boyce stands up to him and him actually having like an actual reaction to it, that it's not one dimensional. It was like, that was his final moment of like finally bottoming out to the point where he could kind of come back and be a a guy again. Yeah. That I thought that was really well. It was kind of elegant. Yeah. It's Um, really well done. I was just kind of just wondering in general, what you think of him as an actor, because he's becoming much more prominent now. Like you, you know who, he was he another is, right? one. I had to look him up afterwards, and I can't remember what else he was in. Um. Well, he's he was just on a show on AMC that just ended. It ran at the same time as this new season of Better Call Saul. The show is called, I think, Lodge Forty Nine. Okay. 
Um, it was a new show, and he's the lead in that. It looks like it was kind of a trippy um, kind of thought experiment type of show. The- um, and he's been in other stuff too. He was um, the thing that like like Dominic like leaned to me, and he asked, "Was that the guy from um, Twenty Two Jump Street?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's him." And he's like amongst other things that he's been in. He I don't know if you saw you, you saw Twenty Two Jump Street. Yeah, he was the guy that was like the quarterback on the football team that yes. Channing Tatum like the two of them become. Zook? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know that's Kurt Russell's son, right? I did not know that. It's Kurt Russell and Goldie, Goldie Hawn's son. Okay. Um. Yeah, and like he's been in several. Th- Do you think he was also had like a bit part in This Is Forty? When um. Yes, he's the hockey player. Yes, yes. When Megan Fox and yes. um, <laughs> Leslie Mann go out with the Philadelphia Flyers team, he takes his team out. No, it wasn't him. It was one of the other guys. Oh, okay. I think all the other guys actually were Philadelphia Flyers, and then him was supposed to be like he was supposed to be one of the like the teammates, but he was like an actor playing hockey. But I think all the other guys actually were right because he, he actually had lines. Yes. Yeah. No, that's that's right. That's right. No. Yeah. He was he was good in this. And I, I like I I've been like enjoying like the last couple of roles like I've seen him in it, and uh, I kind of want to get around to checking out that show, a Lodge Forty Nine. I didn't watch it when it was on, but I'd seen commercials for it, and it looked. Kind of interesting. It kind of had a Big Lebowski vibe to it. Okay. So I kind of want to check it out, but uh, I, I didn't. I, I heard that people liked it. I, I don't know. I don't have an impression of it of my own. It, it was something that I wasn't interested in at the beginning, but as the season ran and I saw some like commercials for it, it looked kind of interesting. I'm sorry. I kept getting distracted every time you said Lodge. I was thinking of um, Wedding Crashers. <laughs> See great American family, the lodges and the clearings. Lodges. <laughs> I was just watching it a couple weeks ago. It's been a while since I've seen it. Like I, I, I always see it at least once or twice a year or whatever. It's just on TV a lot. Um, but it, it had been a while since I'd seen it, and I was on TV the other day, and I was watching, and like I got that whole like middle bit of the movie, and like that was part of it. Yeah, the a union between two great American families, <laughs> lodges and the clearings. <laughs> Would that make you love me? Oh my god, I love that movie. You, Toddy, you tell that mean ocean. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love it so much. Oh man. Do you have anything else on this movie? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think that's about it. Awesome. Just just thoroughly entertaining. I had a really good time with it. Yeah, enjoy it. Well. That is it for this week's episode of Flicks and the Six. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. And I'm Alessandro Bielsi. Cheers.